like we could have molded three bits of plastic and some metal frames and screwed them all together, but that's not a singular mm. unit, right? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Eastgate Chat Podcast. On this one, we're going to talk about build materials and in specifically the carbon fiber. So we got Jared, he's our industrial designer. Do you want to run us through what are like some of the use case for carbon fiber as a material in the real world, different industries, why do people actually use it? Yeah, well, it's used in like the aerospace, uh, automotive industry, um, like we were talking about high performance vehicles. Basically it's uh, lightweight, uh, super stiff, high tensile strength. Um, so you can get like a really strong, large structure um, but still very lightweight. Uh, and that's basically the main use for it. So you see it in like the bodywork of cars, or you see it in like propeller blades, um, wind turbines, things like that. So basically, you get these really nice uh, large surface areas uh, that have a very specific form requirement. Uh, like the shape's really important, uh, but you're also keeping it really strong. And yeah, that's probably the main uses for it. What sort of materials does it usually replace or is it doing things that others can't do? Well, I guess in very similar to our use cases, like say a propeller traditionally would have been made out of like a wood or something like that. So it replaces something like that, like because wood, you know, is lightweight. It does have like an internal structure that's lighter. Um, some woods are heavy, but yeah, like wooden materials is definitely something that it was traditionally replacing. Plastics, Plas- uh, plastics as well? Plastics in cars. Steel. Um, Steel, like forging processes, uh, especially, again, in cars, um, like brackets and things like that, they used to be forged. They definitely use carbon in those areas now as well. So yeah, we full circle, you essentially used it to replace or change up what you were doing with wood. Yeah, that's right. So when we first made our very first electric skateboards, we had a Pintail, uh, which was a bamboo product, uh, and we had a Snub Nose series. And... These were, you know, traditional longboard-inspired products, skateboards. Um, but then, yeah, the vision was is like, you know, how do we how do we make a board that didn't look electric but was electric? And the the vision was always trying to incorporate electrics uh, in, inside of uh, of a deck. Um, and I knew that we wouldn't be able to do this in, in bamboo. It would just be too hard. Like I couldn't imagine because it's it's layered and then it's pressed. And then if we did it, then I guess maybe it'd have to be cut out afterwards and then you lose that the strength. Bamboo, yeah. yeah, that's what I was worried about. And so, yeah, I was just looking around and um, like I was thinking, you know, could you use plastics or, or like um, maybe fiberglass? Uh, and then it was doing more research. It's like, yeah, carbon fiber, you know. We know carbon fiber is super strong. It's stiff. Um and you can shape it uh, and you know doing that into a skateboard well that's kind of what we need if we, if we did a cavity of some sort and had electrics in inside that carbon fiber would give us the strength that we need and sure enough uh you know we made our first one started playing around with it and it was in late 2012 i think that's when we came up with the, the idea and then we had our first sample um in 2013 probably it was about early to mid and yeah, it was it was a fantastic board. It was quite long, and we had uh, the battery incorporated into the deck mostly. And it was a the, different design to the GTRs now, right? Oh, the, completely, the format, yeah, com- completely different. Uh, the shape was completely different. It had like a little kick tail at the end, um, and the reason why we had a kick tail there is because we we put the receiver in inside the kick tail, and then it hid the motor, which was um, at the back of the board. Um, and 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a huge step at the time for electric skateboarding because there, there were no other electric skateboards out there that were using carbon fiber, let alone trying to incorporate uh, batteries and controllers in inside the deck. Um, we didn't quite achieve what we wanted to with this board. Um, it was so slimline this product, and, and it was fantastic. And you know, we didn't use eighteen six fifty cells back then as well. So you know, that was a bit of um, uh, space saving so it was mega thin profile uh and it had a little bit of flex in it the deck i remember and the process to get to where it was i remember when the first one rocked up i was just just blown away by the the, the shape and the the look of it it looks so techy and so futuristic um but i still remember the first ride i did i went went and picked up my son at school uh, as i was living at broad beach at the time i skated in there was only 2k away and and uh, he doubled with me on the board and then we went down this dip this was the very first sample went down this dip the whole deck just went snap <laughs> I, I was gonna ask so how many samples did you have to go through like what's if it was never done before how did you find the start point to actually make it and then how long did it take to get that to the production of the first gen carbon yeah so i mean the, all, the first board uh, was all designed on, on computer you know we ha- again had like sketches and an overall shape that that we had in mind so it started from that all on 3d um and then i sourced different carbon fiber factories um you know because they didn't make skateboard decks it was just carbon products uh and then yeah that's where it started and uh invested made a, a few tools and molds um and then the first samples they all broke <laughs> That's it. Because it's not just the mold itself, it's the layering of the carbon inside that mold. So once you get the shape right, cool, tick, feels yeah. good underneath your foot, but then yep. you've got to strengthen it. And that's a whole other process. And, and that's exactly right. That's where, And that's where it started. And um, fair enough, it ticked all the boxes of the design, but structurally, nah, it wasn't any good. Um, so I reckon we went through about maybe seven or eight different samples before it finally didn't break. Um, and then some of the, the testing there was like bouncing on the deck and we didn't do like a full like hardcore jump on it because, you know, of course it's probably going to break. But um, so, yeah, that's it, it, was a, it was a fantastic um, step for the industry and at the time. And um, we one of the challenges we definitely faced too with the when we first made the very first board is that I had the um, – so we had a carbon fibre bottom, um, carbon fibre top, and then – and I went to use the board first time, it wouldn't work. It's like it blocked all the signal, the carbon fiber, it shielded it. And, oh, man, it took took about three, four days to work out what it was. Um, so then we had took the receiver out, had it hanging under the board, and then it finally worked. So then that's when we had to get creative and cut a hole on the back of the kicktail and then have a plastic case in there and then cover it with grip tape. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> we, saw, we, saw, we solved the problem. Carbon's also conductive, isn't it? So it's got a... The batteries have to be like properly insulated. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, we've uh, we found that a few times as well. Like um, live terminals, sort of touching the insides yeah. of the deck, and you get sparks. And now everything's enclosed in its own enclosure, basically to separate mm. it from any of the carbon. Yeah. yeah, I've I've definitely seen that in the GT models when people have tried to make aftermarket batteries. Yeah, and they've made the battery bigger, so they've done away with the case. Yeah, but then these terminals are touching the carbon, and it shorts the whole thing mm. out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, one of the other limitations with that Gen 1 too is that we had the case underneath and had a bunch of screws all the way around. And 
when you were riding along, had the deck had a little bit of flex, what we found is some of the screws used to work its way out and often a lot of our riders were losing screws and sometimes half the battery starts hanging out. So we had to fix a lot of design problems there with the next uh, reiteration, which was the Carbon GT deck. Um, and that was the massive step forward for us. Like we fully solved the problem of encasing the electrics all inside the deck. And we started designing that probably around late, mid to late 2013 and uh, took, you know, took a few years to, until we finally launched it. Um, and yeah, it, it was a, it was a big one for us. Uh, we, we got to make it smaller. We had a, like a drop down shape. Um, and it, it was a, it was a big step for us. And that, that really, that deck shape ended up forming, um, the, the next series of boards, which was, which was the GTR and not the Hadian though. The Hadian had a, some reminiscence of what the GTR and carbon GT was. Um, but we just turned that into a whole new beast. The GT and GTR is such a great use of carbon fiber. Like when you look at a cross section of it. And the, like you said, it's all enclosed. It's all assembled from above compared to the earlier one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that piece of carbon across the bottom is tiny. It's yeah. like a millimetre all the way across. It's mm. um, incredible how thin it is and how strong it is yeah. at the same time. And um, it looks great it, too. It does. It's all that one form and mm. it's got that nice, the weave mat, the GTR with the mat carbon looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's a really nice finish. Yeah. yeah. But it's not, it, that deck is so hard to make. Yeah. Like, man, um, it's so costly to make you know it's made by hand um so much goes into it which then you know drives the cost uh, of the end product up through the roof for the for the final customer and um it's 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 hard it's hard to make it is incredible like that they are handmade like i always when i talk, tell people about the product and it's like a surfboard it's like this handcrafted mm. thing like you know where like it's mass produced definitely we make a lot of them but at the end mm. of the day it's uh, people layering up the carbon in, in a very exact, precise way and getting it right every single time. And that's a really hard thing to do. It's really time-consuming. It takes a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very impressive when you see the finished result yeah. because you can't just do that with a machine. Chris, I remember when we went to the carbon factory and we're, it was time-staking, like watching these people yeah. do it because not only was it laying the carbon, but they had those sort of like wire rod things to reinforce certain sections. There's so many elements to it yeah. that you, you do not know looking like at the We talk about it as one thing, like the deck, but there's so much inside that shape. Like even the carbon's laid across the shoulders in different directions versus mm. how it's run across the yep. the, the length of it, um, like where the drop downs are. Like, mm. yeah, each area has like a buildup of different bits of carbon. It's crazy. Yeah. I think there's a like misconception in Eastgate in general because it comes from, I guess, performance cars, that carbon is used to make things lighter. So originally, I guess, you were trying to enclose something. So it was more about the form of getting electronics inside a board? Well, yeah, it was. But, the, you know, the very first Gen 1 deck, um, it was definitely about form, trying to shape uh, electronics and the deck around that. Um, but, it, you know, originally I was like, okay, this is going to be light. Um and and it needs to be strong. I knew that, but to be honest, you know the, the final deck weight was very similar to what the the bamboos were, so it wasn't wasn't a huge weight saving by any means. But it really it really allowed us to. It was all about form. You know, we were able to get creative with that shape around the yeah. electronics. Yeah, and we've seen that in every series. Um, 
the the bamboo might be like five percent lighter all the way through GT GTR and now the Hadian. Yeah, I guess because you still need external cases and yeah. more stuff to make the bamboo work. That's mm. true. Yeah, the, definitely like the lightweight factor like gets removed because where the board's next to nothing because uh, it's all about the battery case, especially in the carbon now. Like we're basically removing as much material as possible. So they're always going to be pretty similar at the end of the day. Uh, it's all, it, the board's all battery nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, so let's talk about the Hadian. I guess how did how we use carbon fiber have to be rethought and the whole process get redesigned compared to what we were doing for GT, GTR? Yeah, well, definitely if the Hadian, we're, use, we're utilizing carbon fiber, not for its um, like weight-saving properties, but purely for like the forms we can achieve for it while still being really strong. Uh, so, like, you know, we've talked about how we've removed all that material from the middle, but we've got all these complex uh, right angles and um, lips and ledges. Yeah. So, except the battery case, we need to be able to screw in to the, uh, the deck itself as well to mount everything to it. We need to be able to support the trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we need to, like, reinforce those areas. And, again, we want it all to be the one form. Like, we could have molded three bits of plastic and some metal frames and screwed them all together, but that's not a singular mm. unit, right? That um, becomes bitsy. A bit uh, haphazard, Frankensteining, but uh, yeah. it definitely gave us more flexibility in producing that shape and you know the the f- end function that we really wanted yeah. um, compared to the normal you know like the GTR carbon that we use. Yeah. So the using Forge um, was was certainly a consideration. It was a like a genuine. No, it's not an aesthetic thing for us. It, it was like a, a material design choice like, that allowed us to get a result. Like layering up uh, like the traditional weaved. Uh, carbon like we would have done the GTR and the hating would have been really complex in some of those tight small yeah. areas where we've dropped the battery case into you know the poor person having to layer up tiny little pieces cut it up tiny whereas the forge basically embraces the fact that you can put all these tiny pieces of uh, mm. multi-directional yeah. carbon weaves uh, pieces and then get the same shape yeah yeah I mean you know we could have used forged on the on the carbon GTR as well you know we've, we've been playing around with that material for a little while um, but you know, using forged on, on on the entire carbon GTR is not an efficient way of making a product. Yeah, by by any means, like it's it's um it's not the most environmentally friendly given what goes into producing it. Um, so again, this is a you know a design choices and um, that we make when we finally choose the end materials of the product. Yeah, like it has to have its benefit, right? And the forged carbon has that aesthetic that we like, has the strength that we like, and mm. yeah, the cost of that is the energy it consumes to be produced and the time it takes to produce. Yeah. Uh, so but at the end of the day, it works perfectly for what we needed the Hadian to be. Uh, it's the right material choice for yeah, us. Yeah, so. it's pretty much necessary for the Hadian. Yeah, like, for the oh, shape we went for, yeah. Yeah, we'll put up a video to show what's actually going in to like the intricacy of that Hadian deck because the GTR is essentially a cavity. Like it's, it's a hole that everything goes in. But if you look at the back end where the cutouts for, you know, there's seals, there's motor like the big heat sink, the air vents, the battery case, there's that many different, yep. uh, like you said, right angles, lips, not yeah, right angles. Ce- ceiling faces, we have mo- like multiple ceiling faces in there. Yeah. It seals on like, you know. It's so detailed. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just incredible. It's all these one percenters that go into, that's why we chose that material. Yeah, so it pretty much had to go with the forge. So I guess it's the benefits outweighs or justifies um, the the lack of, what would you say? Or the extra energy that goes into yeah. it. Yeah, or like not the most efficient thing to make as well at the end of the day. But like, you know, we wanted to make this integrated 
singular piece and that's kind of how we got there. And it's kind of by pushing ourselves, I guess, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like we could have just had the similar thing to the GTR, but we pushed it to see mm. what we could do. And yeah, yeah, it's a good result, but necessary. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting point for anyone that is looking to get into, I guess, e-skateboards from like an eco-friendly point of view. Carbon is not necessarily the most eco-friendly choice. It's true. Whereas bamboo, you wouldn't really think about it just looking at it, but bamboo is actually more sustainable. It's yeah, grown from the ground. It grows quickly. Like and it's bamboo fast. just grows really quick. Um, you guys bam- ever had bamboo at your house like before? A <laughs> it's a weed. Yeah. The bamboo we use, um, it's sustainably grown in like actual farms or yep. whatever they do. Yeah. Um, so for a more eco-conscious board, the bamboo is more suitable than the carbon. Yeah. So Even compared to like a traditional skateboard, which uses like maple, like Canadian maple, um, that grows really slowly. takes ages for it to like reach maturity. And then even then, I don't think they use the full length of the tree. Like it's only a specific part to get the veneers of the wood. So like a bamboo deck compared to even a traditional maple wood deck is a more sustainable deck. Um, and then like, so you got that benefit of being a bit more environmentally friendly, but then you got a totally different ride feeling, which is another really interesting factor you get out of it because it's naturally shock absorbent. Yeah. Uh, it's a totally different feel underfoot. It's crazy. The bamboo, the Hadean, the carbon, the they're so different, um, the ride feeling. So, and that's a good point, though. You raise about the the feeling of different woods un, underfoot, and it's so true. The bamboo does naturally have that spring to it, um, and it's generally quite flexy. And each batch too is always different. Yeah. Like, you, know, you could have the exact same construction all the way through between a couple of decks, and they're never going to be the same. Some might be a bit flexier than others, um, but when you compare to hardwood. Yeah, if we if we use all hardwood entire that same thickness, it'll be just so strong. Like there'll be no flex to it at all. Yeah, it's a real fine balance, right? Getting the right amount of flex, so it mm. has that different feeling to the carbon, but not so much that you're bottoming out all the time as well. Yeah. yeah, and and the look too. Like this frustrates me sometimes. Like you know, we're we're always after a specific look, and you know, for the end result. Um, and you know, I like that slightly darker looking bamboo because I just think it looks just a bit more authentic and um, that's just my design choice. Uh, but then we get different batches and it depends on the season. Changes, and sometimes yeah. it's going to be like a really the blonde season, look. And I think the, the age of the trees when they cut them down yeah. and like how long they've been sitting there before they get turned into boards. Yeah. We got a batch of GTRs. It was either earlier this year or late last year and they were the darkest GTRs yeah. I'd ever seen. Yeah. And I'm like – they look mad. They look good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you kind of want to see that variation because <laughs> yeah. it, it looks that, cool. That's right. So we can't really, you know, tell our suppliers, hey, we want all the dark because we're never going to get it. Yeah. And like yeah. we'll be waiting for ages. And um, But, yeah, we're always asking for you know, the right selections. It's funny too, the forged is actually going to have a similar result because we, it's everyone's going to be slightly different. Like the marbling effect of the forged carbon mm-hmm. Uh, lays up differently. It looks a little bit different in different lights. If you get some of the different pieces of carbon mm. coming up more, like some are a bit more silvery and some are a little bit more warmer colors. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see like customers having different types of forged out there as well. It's yeah. pretty consistent. I, I, I want to bring up too, like how challenging it was to finally get that end right forged look that we wanted. Mm. Like I remember, um, so we've got a few different carbon factories that make our product. And they've been making our GTR and GT decks. Um, and most of them didn't want to touch what we're trying to achieve. Um, it's just because, A, they're physically 
couldn't do it and b because they were generally as like it's it's going to cause environmental impact for their factory um and there are they they're governed under certain like rules of how much emissions their factory can produce um so that made it harder for us to to work with different suppliers um some of the suppliers could produce uh, a particular type of carbon look and it was it just didn't look authentic it wasn't that that, that true supercar um aesthetic that we really aspired to for this board and they were more like um some of the early samples are like real shards, shards yeah, like of carbon chips, kind of. Yeah, chipboard. yeah. I, I did, look, I don't think it was like more you like chipboard squares. That, in yeah, you can almost see the weaving. They're like flakes. Yeah, yeah, they're flakes. flakes. That's yeah. a good way. It's yeah. exactly what it is. Our flakes of carbon and then put together that way. And and um, so, so all of our factories said, yeah, yeah, we can produce that. And we're like, no, nah, it looks crap. That's not that's not what we're trying to achieve here. This has to be a certain process to get what we need and. Um, so I remember that was that's been a, uh, I guess a production problem for us because we're being that particular and on that look, and it's just harder to produce what we want. Yeah. So, uh, the forged I don't know too much about it, but the forged carbon was like started by Lamborghini and I think Callaway, the golf club brand. Yeah. Um, like when they first started it, and that's the kind of look that we're going for is that kind of the the traditional yeah. forged carbon. Whereas there's other ones that have come out that seem like they're being a bit more consistent in the chipping process to kind of make it more mass manufacturable and a bit easier to do. Mm-hmm. But we're going back to that, like, you know, these larger strands of carbon, mm. um, which have a great aesthetic, but then also the strength benefits there too. Yeah. That's what we push for. Yeah. It's, it's an insanely different look. Um, uh, we got some of the decks we originally did. So we'll put up a side-by-side comparison. Yeah. So people can see what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the aesthetic side of thing, like, you tell us which one you like. <laughs> yeah. Left yeah. or right, um, yeah, you just you can't beat that marbled look we ended up with though. And, <laughs> like yeah, and, um, and in the sun too, especially that's where the, the forge really stands out on on, on our boards. Um, oh, it just looks, it just shines, and then the the light and the dark, and you can really see it. Now the contrast against that and the trucks, like the matte black of the trucks and the forged gloss finish, really good looking stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. We we definitely um, had a lot of debate internally. Um, the earlier samples, we were just going to make everything matte. Um, I, I remember the deck, all that, we made 20 samples and they were all matte. Um, and then the, the, the case was matte, the trucks were matte. And, yeah, it looked good. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then we said, can we just see a, a, a gloss one? We, ne- we need to have a comparison. And then when the gloss turned up, it just it, it was next level. It just looked so much better quality. It definitely had that high-end, you know, vehicles um, inspiration to it. And, so that's where we went. We debated and it was like, nah, we're going with gloss. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was no question once you saw it in person. Yeah, definitely. Another good thing about the carbon as well, I was just thinking is how like it is super durable um, as a material. So like, you know, it's a gloss finish, but it's really hard to damage carbon. Like you have to really like... Um, it doesn't, doesn't degrade? It doesn't degrade. Like it's non-corrosive, obviously. There's no metal in there. Um, so... Yeah, like in terms of durability as well, like that deck is going to ride forever and it's going to maintain its strength and its form and its, uh, its look, uh, which is a really nice uh, quality to it compared to, say, a bamboo deck or something like that. Like that does have a lifespan, mm. um, whereas you're going to get a long ride out of your carbon deck. Yeah. yeah as long as you true. look after everything else. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to keep working with carbon fibre. You know, this is part of our signature. This is what, you know, Evolve is known for um, and – we want to be as environmentally as friendly as we can, um, so we need to certainly keep that in mind about the 
materials that we work with. Um, and like work with the factories that we learned like forging is a chipped, we could recycle old carbon and possibly use that in our forge products. So like we can learn more about it and maybe mm. become more efficient or find more energy efficient ways to do it. Uh, yeah. Like even it's just being um, solar powered, powered factories or something. I'm sure there's solutions there. Mm. To yeah. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon there's a lot of opportunities ahead with, especially with the forge, you know, you know, what, what, how can we think outside the box further to make things a little bit different moving forward? Mm. And we'll keep working with it and we'll keep learning and do cooler stuff, hopefully. Yeah. 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 We've got some cool things ahead. We're always evolving, we're always working. <laughs> and yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that was good because we covered the carbon and the bamboo. So a bit of a all things deck material podcast for you. Yeah. Um, but thanks for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check us out on the socials. If you have any questions about carbon decks or any of our build materials, um, drop a drop a comment. Mm-hmm.